If it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast on Facebook, YouTube, or Rumble. Don't forget to like and share while you're there as well. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please leave reviews while you're there as well. Helps the show grow. Apple is a great avenue for helping the show grow as well. But don't forget, the show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org for an exclusive offer for my listeners. If it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. What is the depth of your excuse making? That's going to be the subject of today's episode. Because... Let me tell you something, my excuse running goes deep. And the amazing thing about this, and I'm going to put I'm going to give you a test for this today. The amazing thing about this is how easy it is to make excuses. So in most cases, we all have a general idea of what we're supposed to be doing, right? So let's say for example, we're on a diet or we are at work, or we are at home. There's generally a running list that we are aware of, or consciously aware of stuff that we need to get done. At least if we're paying attention. The first thing that usually comes to our minds is excuses as to why we don't have to do it. To me, the excuse part is the most natural human Struggle. Struggle, the right word for it. Most natural human response to the majority of our responsibilities. And I think that's because fundamentally, we are all incredibly lazy. And I don't mean this in an insulting way. I just mean that we just are. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's how we are. There's like, I, the, if I think of all the things in my life that are the most constructive and this is really a point of frustration for me. It's always been a point of frustration for me. All the things I know I have to do are incredibly frustrating to get myself motivated to do. In most cases. Unless I've cultivated like a habit or routine in which I make it enjoyable. Or unless I'm highly caffeinated. That helps me do it more often. But my natural state for most of the responsibilities in my life is that I really don't want to get it done. I don't want to do it. I just don't. It's just it's not. No, just no. I think a lot of that's because most of the stuff that needs to be done that's on our list is future stuff. It affects us in the future. It doesn't affect present Craig. It only affects future Craig. And present Craig right now wants to sit around and do nothing. He doesn't want to worry about future Craig. <laughs> so... So this whole personal responsibility thing where you're making decisions and doing things in the everyday life that 
are beneficial for you and are wrong. Blah, 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 blah. It's just the whole adulting thing, right? It's just it's really not a whole lot of fun. It's not because you're you're making decisions and you're doing things that usually require you to delay gratification. And we like gratification. We like pleasures. We like to do things that are fun and enjoyable. And actually, what's funny is the first thing that popped into my head was an interview. Jordan Peterson was talking to a gentleman who was struggling with alcohol addiction, who was a recovered alcoholic. And he said, he said something that I thought was profound. You know, he said, people will ask me, and I, and I apologize if I'm paraphrasing this incorrectly. You can look up the interview on YouTube, but he said, people will ask me, you know, why do, why do people drink? You know? And he said that that's not a complicated question to answer. He goes, people drink because it feels good. And it's fun. And it reduces your inhibitions. That's why people do it. The question isn't why do people drink? The question is, is why do people not drink? Like, that's the miracle. What is it that a person who stays sober is doing to enjoy life with sobriety? That's the miracle. Because our, our natural state is to want pleasure. So, like, the question of why do we drink or why do we, why do people do drugs or why do people indulge in laziness? Why do we... Because it feels good. Like, that's not that's not the mystery, right? The living in the moment thing, that's that's easy. That's the that's the default state for most of us. The miraculous is how how do people not only stay sober, but how do they revolve their lives around something that doesn't involve pleasure all the time? Because there are, there's a huge segment of the population who does this. They wake up every morning and they take care of their families and their loved ones and they go to work and they carry a load and they take care of their houses and they take care of their cars and they take care of their... They're diligent about all the things that they do. That's the miracle. What is it that motivates those people? What is it that drives them? How do we, how do we get more of that? And that was incredibly profound, you know, when he kind of pointed that out to me, because I'm like, that's true. You know, like I, I went through this whole, this whole drinking phase in which I really, I did, I fell into it pretty hard for a little while. And, and I'm also a firm believer in temperance. So, um, I'm not an, I'm not a all abstinence all the time kind of person, but it's just something you have to be very careful with, but that's, that's a whole segue. But the the questions I would ask myself is, is why am I doing it? Why am I doing this? Like, it's like you get focused on like, why am I so lazy? You know, why do I not want to exercise? Why do I not want to eat healthy? Why do I not want to save money? Why do I not? It's like, these are dumb questions. Of course, we don't want to do those things. They suck. <laughs> they require sacrifice and sacrifice. That word means to give up something now for something later. And that's painful on every level. It's emotionally painful. It's physically painful. It, it, it robs you of the immediate pre- uh, pleasure because you're saying, no, I'm going to, I am going to 
deprive myself of this thing so that I can enjoy it down the line or I can I can have a bigger reward down the line. This reminds me of the marshmallow test. If you haven't Googled the marshmallow test, look it up. It's when they put a marshmallow in front of a kid. And it's so relatable. They put a marshmallow in front of a bunch of kids and they put them in a, in a small room by themselves. And they put the marshmallow right in front of them and they say, all right, hear me out. If you can resist eating this marshmallow for five minutes, then I will give you a second marshmallow. And then they leave the room and they leave the kid alone, torturingly sitting in front of this marshmallow. And, and, and it's recording their faces and they're just like, they'll play with it and they'll move it around and some of them will just flat out eat it. They just like, whatever, I don't need a second marshmallow. One's enough. But the, the whole funny thing is, is, is when you're watching it and you watch the reactions and you watch the squirming and the frustration and it's like, yes, that's me. Like that's, that's me every time I need to do something that I don't want to do, but I know there's a reward at the end of it. If I can just put up with it. And if that's not you, congratulations, you've discovered a secret in life that you need to hold on to dearly because as we get better at the sacrifice thing, we do get to reap more rewards that come with discipline, waking up early every morning, going to work every day, saving for the future, saving for vacations. There, there's, there are limitless rewards to discipline and responsibility that we can only enjoy if we get good at this whole sacrifice thing. Before we move further into that, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out, because you listen to this show for a limited time, my listeners can get instant access to thousands of audiobook books from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog, as well as an additional free title of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, dot wisdomworthknowing.org, and sign up right now for this exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners. It'll also help out the show. So, the miracle is when people learn lives of sacrifice. That is the miracle. And if you are good at this on any level, congratulations, you've mastered at least one small corner of what it is to be an adult, a responsible human. And you at least have mastered some small corner of your life that's necessary for you to continue to develop, develop and cultivate meaningful anything. You know, a meaningful retirement, a meaningful marriage, a meaningful friendship, a meaningful career. Because the excuse-making, the self-indulgence, the laziness, these are all the things that just come naturally to all of us. 
that's the natural state. That's not, there's no question as to why we do those things. We do those things because they feel good. I mean, that's just the end of the story. And are we going to be perfect at this? No. I'm 37 years old and there's a plethora of things I don't do thing the well, do things the way I should, as well as I should. So if it's important to me, I'll find a way, right? If it's important to me, like the quote says, you will find a way to destroy those excuses. If it's not important to me, I'll find an excuse. I'll find 10 excuses. I'll find a million excuses. That's the easiest thing in the world for us to do, finding excuses. So how do we how do we get better at making something important to us? I guess that's the next question. Well, I guess the first thing I should say is is all we can really do is get started. So if there's something in our area in particular we want, and it's something we've really struggled with for a long time, the only thing we can really do is spend time figuring out why it's important to us. And you can journal that. You can write it out. You can make a list of reasons. You can pull it out every once in a while to remind yourself. You can read more books on it, why it may be important to you. You know, find out the negative consequences of, like if you're trying to stop drinking, find out the negative consequences of that. Read the Al-Anon books, Alcoholics Anonymous books. Read the, um, the, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to hate on alcohol. I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, shouldn't exclusively say one drug. Okay. Let's say you're trying to get better at exercise or dieting. Read the, the downsides of bad health, you know? You know, fill your head with information that affirms why it is that you're trying to do what you're trying to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to hate on any specific issue that we struggle with because not everybody struggles with the same thing. And some people have an incredible natural temperance for a lot of things. So please don't feel like I'm singling out certain things. But sometimes we just need to form in our minds a really, really good argument to tell ourselves as to why something is important to us. So that when we are faced with the temptation or the excuse making, we can demolish the temptations and excuses with whatever affirmation or knowledge we've equipped ourselves with. And and then 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 from deep down there's something that makes it important to you. And Something that's also true about reality that I've discovered is the only things that are important to us are the things we spend time with. And so if we don't spend enough time with ourselves, really trying to understand what it is that we are trying to accomplish, then we won't be important to us. And so we we really need to know that we are worth it. In a lot of ways, like this sacrifice is worth it. You know, we deserve happiness. We deserve joy. You know, my, my faith helps me immensely with this. So I, I'm a Christian. So there's a there's there's a dignity of human beings that is demanded. In the religious worldview. You know, every human being, at least from a Christian perspective, 
is created in the image of God, which means they are created with infinite potential. Because if God created the universe, then then human beings have arguably limited, limitless potential in that respect. I don't mean that humans can create universes, but what I mean is that we have the capacity for greatness, and it's true for every single human who is born. And so because of that, all human beings deserve to be treated with dignity and respect and love and deserve individual human rights. And there's a, there's a fundamental dignity to that that you need to adopt for yourself. You are a unique, one-of-a-kind person with unique set of experiences and in genetics and environments that is not possible to replicate. And because of that, you are valuable. And I'm bringing that up because we can't really talk about sacrifice if we don't really know what we're sacrificing for. Like if if you don't accept that you are fundamentally a human being who deserves love, respect, and dignity, then it's going to be very difficult for you to make sacrifices now so that you can have a better future. Is you have to love yourself in order to sacrifice for yourself. There's a trap here. Because what I don't want to have people do is take that to the extreme and become narcissists. Like narcissists are those who love love themselves only, you know, like unconditionally. And it is a mental condition. So and I don't like to throw mental labels around. Narcissism is thrown around pretty irresponsibly now, but we all have, I believe, narcissistic tendencies, and there are definitely seasons of our life or uh, moments in our life in which we tend to be more narcissistic than usual. Full-blown narcissists, like this is like, it's built into their character at that point. You know, like it's part of like a feedback loop that they've cultivated. And, and it's a hard, damn, it's a hard self-destructive cycle to break out of. It's not narcissistic to love yourself and to care about yourself and to care about your future. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't love other people. The easiest example of this is if you work 60 to 80 hours a week destroying your life for your job, then obviously having relationships and loving other people well is very difficult because you've got nothing left in the tank after. So in order to love other people well, you do need to take care of yourself so that you can spill over into other people. This self-care is an absolutely essential component to loving other people well. And, and I'm, I'm making a big deal out of this because I, I honestly think that if you hate yourself, it's this is far more difficult to do. This is far more difficult it's to sacrifice for your future because you don't think you deserve it. And I get it. We're all hard on ourselves and, and I'm hard on myself a lot. And, and why not? We have unlimited, we have intimate knowledge of ourselves. We have nothing but a laundry list of bad things we've done and reasons we don't deserve it. And this is why I think my I, uh, I think Christianity does bring me immense comfort is because of the forgiveness that it offers you. Is you it it gives you that clean slate, you know, every day. 
where you're like, okay, well, I'm a human being. I fail. I make mistakes, but I'm forgiven. And I can forgive myself for that. And I can move forward. I can pick myself up and move forward and try to be a better version of myself today. You know, without hating yourself. You know, once you realize that all of the bad things about you are part of you, they are actually not bad, but they are essential. Your flaws are what make you unique, and they also allow you to share strength with other people. All of your past failures give you experience to connect with and help other people and lift them out of those bad experiences themselves. Like, so that you can help share the load with other people who are going through the same struggles you are going through or you went through or similar struggles. Like, there's, there's, there's meaning in that. So you are valuable. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I emphasize that part of it on this because this, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. It's like, well, it doesn't matter if it's important to you if you don't like you. Because you're not going to do yourself any favors if you're not a fan of yourself, if you hate yourself. You're not going to make the sacrifices today necessary to be a better version of yourself tomorrow or a week from now or a year from now or five years from now if you fundamentally hate yourself and don't think you deserve it. So you have to matter. So work on that. And if you need to talk to a spiritual leader or a psychologist or a therapist or a close friend or a family member to really wrestle through this, wrestle through it. Really do that. You know, figure that out. It's worth the time investment to, to learn to love yourself better. I, I don't I don't care how you do it, but I'm telling you right now, it's one of the best things you can do. It is to love all of all of all of you, including especially your flaws and the bad things about you. But we all have um, we all have the ability to make excuses so that we don't ever have to deal with this stuff, right? So that's the if it's not important to us, we'll find an excuse. And man, are we good at that? I am I am proficient. If I'm proficient at anything, it is at it is at avoidance and coming up with a reason not to do something or to do something I shouldn't do. You know, we, it's just part of being a human being, you know, that, that we're, we are a constant battle with future us over what we should be doing today so that we can have a better tomorrow. And, and of course that can be taken to an unhealthy level as well. You know, just like anything else, it is a dichotomy. And it's something that I perpetually struggle with on this show is to making sure that I'm, I'm hopefully offering a balanced perspective on these issues. Because at the end of the day, almost anything I'm saying here can be brought to an extreme. Like the self-love can be brought to an extreme. Sacrifice can be brought to an extreme. Like if you're sacrificing everything about yourself now for your future self. If that's not just one small season that you may be going through because you want to get somewhere really quick. Like you can make immense sacrifice, like going to college and working full time at the same time. But that's a small window, right? Like that that's a limited sacrifice you're intending to make for a short period of time. 
You could go to med school, for example. That's an immense chunk of your life that you sacrifice. And you can do that for a limited time because eventually you're supposed to reap the fruits of that. But if you are only living a life of sacrifice and maybe you're only sacrificing for others, that's not good either. Because eventually you're going to get squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and drained and drained and drained. And there's going to be no point in the future in which you reap the rewards for that sacrifice and you get filled back up. I think part of the reason there's a Sabbath in the Christian belief is so that it forces you on a day of the week. And even if you're not a religious person, there's benefit in this. It forces every person that on at least one day a week to stop and enjoy the fruits of the week's labor. You know, even in Christian thinking, the Lord of the universe took a day off to sit back and say that it was good to enjoy the fruits of his labor. And then for six days, he worked again. You know, so like this this, this cycle of, of understanding that, yes, there, there's a significant part of our lives that needs to be sacrificed, maybe six out of seven days a week. But we do need to be intentional one of those days out of the week to reap the rewards of that sacrifice and celebrate. And I need to be better at this. I, I've never been great at this. It, it 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 can be dangerous to live a life only of sacrifice because it will drain and consume you. And so finding this balance of sacrificing all week and then relaxing for a weekend and then, you know, it can be very difficult to kind of develop this. And, and if we don't fully understand why we're doing it, you can start to feel lazy on the days you're celebrating. It's like, no, no, you're supposed to be celebrating that day and resting so that you're rejuvenated for Monday again. And you just keep doing that cycle over and over and over again. Actually, ironically, Ben Shapiro was the, the guy who, who brought this up. Early in his podcast, he would do these commentaries on religion, and he brought up the, the significance of the Sabbath in his life. Here's a guy who is, is a highly effective and efficient person. He's a, he's a workhorse. I mean, he works a lot, and he has been for many years. And somebody asked him, how do you do it? How do you write books and do a full-time job and raise a family with, he's got three kids now, I think. How do you do it? He said, honestly, one of the biggest secrets is the Sabbath. Like on, on one day a week, it's absolute rest. Now he's Jewish. So they, they have strict Sabbath practices. But that was like, whoa, you know, that was kind of, it made me take a step back. You know, and it made me go, wow, that's really good advice, you know, to take, just take a day once a week. So that way you can hit the ground running Monday and just, and, and just, just demolish the week again and then rest again. You know what I mean? So think about that. Consider that as maybe an option for you. You've been listening to the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Don't forget to, before you leave, like, share, and subscribe on the social networks, YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble. That feeds the algorithms and helps the show grow. Also, leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. 
Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org to sign up for that exclusive offer for my listeners. Well, this has been a fun episode. Thank you for joining me today. And until next time, remember, it's, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll find an excuse. And so let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can for today because, as always, that's all we can do. I will see you all tomorrow.